0: In today's episode, I am chatting with Elise Knox. She is a life and wellness coach, and she works with moms and teens, moms of teens and teens. And we are chatting about momming through the teen years and how moms can really do some very, very simple things to take care of themselves so that when those teen moments happen, Uh, as they are going to do, uh, that you are prepared and ready and you are able to hold space for your kiddos. Uh, It's an awesome chat. Uh, She's just lovely. And I know you're going to love it. Even if you don't have teens yet, this is an important one to listen to. So here we go. Welcome to the Around the Campfire Podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp, and each episode I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire Podcast. Hi, Elise, and welcome to the Mom Camp Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. Can you start by introducing yourself, who you're a mom to, what you do, all the things?
1: Yeah, so my name is Elise, and uh, I am a mom of two girls, six and nine, and I have a 25 year old stepson. Okay. So I've like already done the teen years once, and I'm <laughs> gearing up to go back into them. Um, and I am a life and wellness coach who specializes in working with teens and moms of teens.
0: Awesome. Which is exactly where I am right now with 13 and 15 year old in our house, newly minted 13 year old. So now officially two teenagers. Officially
1: official. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So far, so far we're okay. God, knock all the wood, but, uh, yeah, we haven't sort of hit that what I've heard of. So yeah. How did you decide to get into this and focus on teens?
1: So I, it has been a long and winding path for me to arrive here. <laughs> when I think about my story, I think it started like when I was a teen. Mm. Um, Of course, I didn't know that at the time, but uh, I was a very happy little girl and a and a very challenged teenager. Um, And I would say like, it really didn't my challenges didn't end until really like that 25 Mm. time. I mean, I was fine, but it was just, it was a struggle of, um, pushing boundaries when I was younger in my younger teen years. I was, I was like the, the wild teen. Mm (laughs) Okay. Um, and then by 25, I had kind of gotten, gotten my life together. And that's when adolescence really ends. You know, the more Mm -hmm. I learn about the the developmental process, I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's, that sounds about right. Um, and then, so because my teens and into my twenties were kind of wild, I ended up going back to college in my late twenties and getting my teaching credential and becoming a middle school special ed teacher. Oh, wow. Which was like, not my plan. Um, But somehow I ended up and I actually really loved it. But then when I had my kids, uh, I was like, I cannot do both of these very hard jobs. Well, Mm -hmm. so I took some time off. And I've had my own like health struggles and challenges. And I have kind of managed it through functional medicine. So I became a functional health coach. And found myself coaching back in a school with teens again.
0: Oh, hilarious. Okay.
1: So, um, can you just define
0: functional health coach?
1: Yeah, so I my training was in like a functional medicine health coach training program. So, okay. a lot of my training was in like functional medicine,
0: which is please explain that. Sorry, yeah.
1: Um, so it's really like getting to the root cause of the problem. So, it's looking at nutrition and lifestyle. Okay. So I manage my autoimmune condition through my diet. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Now I understand. Sorry.
0: I yes. was like, I feel like I know this expression and I should know what it means, but I just want to make sure. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, now, now you know more.
0: Awesome. Thank um, you.
1: Yeah. Um, And then, so when I was in this high school coaching these teens with my functional medicine health coaching certificate, I was like, none of these, like, this is not what I'm coaching <laughs> on. Um, So I went back and got a life coaching certificate mm. so that I could really being a little bit more well-rounded in my coaching. And then I realized in that school setting that I could spend a lot of time working with these teens, but a huge part of their life is at home with their families and environment is really important in coaching and, and making changes. And mm-hmm. so the parents weren't that involved in the coaching that I did for the school. So I went out on my own and now I coach teens and moms. And when I'm coaching a teen, the mom is obviously involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually if like I, sometimes I coach like moms of the teens that I'm working with, but oftentimes I have my mom clients and then I have my teen clients and I support the moms of the teens.
0: Right. That makes sense. And is it, it's more of sort of that life coaching side of things, less functional medicine.
1: For sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: And what would you say are the most sort of common reasons people would come to you or like things that you're uncovering through that coaching?
1: Yeah. So with my moms, a lot of it is like learning how to care for themselves, mm. how to really like, I think the teen years can be so challenging um, mentally and emotionally and for moms. And, um, so it's really like connecting back to self, um, and like re- self-reflection and building back in routines of self-care. And so mm-hmm. like my functional medicine, like training, definitely back in. Comes in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more so with my mom clients than my totally,
0: clients. totally,
1: totally. Yeah. It's
0: interesting. I, I, because as my kids have sort of aged through the years, it's what I've been witnessing is like you go through when the kids are little, you govern their schedule totally. And so you're surrounded with your village of other moms. Like if, you know, if you're in that scenario and, and then as the kids start to get their own schedules and their own priorities, you kind of then are at the like at the whim of them and where they want to go and the courses they want to take the classes the teams whatever right and then you sort of lose sight of yourself and then when they become teens they need you less but then you've given up all of yourself for their needs like it's it's kind of this weird transition and then all of a sudden your kids are teens now I've obviously I've been working in this area for a while so I I've been focusing on self-care and I do all the things and, you know, take time for myself. But what I see is like these moms sort of hit this area and they're like, Oh wait, no. Okay. Who am I again? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's also some interesting, like, with the transitions of motherhood mm-hmm. and and with children, like when kids are little, um, you know, you are very comfortable talking. A, you kind of do choose the parents, and then your kids, yeah,
0: and hope the kids get along, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, but you're talking about like potty training and sleeping, yeah. and like everything is oh, everything is fair game to talk about. And then as they grow up, like sometimes your kid doesn't want you to talk about things. Sometimes totally you true. maybe feel like more ashamed or you wish your kid wasn't doing something. And so you don't want to share. So it becomes Mm -hmm. really isolating. A
0: hundred percent, a hundred percent. Absolutely. I know like when our son was diagnosed with autism, you know, there were certain people that I could talk about it with and it's not, there was no shame in it at all, but fewer people kind of understood. And so it became Mm -hmm. less comfortable to Mm -hmm. talk about it in those circles. Right. So yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. And so you really have to seek out those people. Mm-hmm. I know one of the things that when we were talking about getting you on the podcast, we were talking about why it's so important for moms to have support, especially as they're momming through the teen years. What sort of, let's talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I just, it's like every, every mom of teens that I talk to is like often, not everyone, but oftentimes they're like, I think it. this is like, it's only us is this. And I'm like, this is so normal. And they're like, it is because yeah. There's all these things that you don't really want to necessarily talk to, especially if you're still friends with the parents of the kids that your kid is hanging out yeah. with. Yeah, and so like having people that are not in your immediate circle who you feel comfortable like sharing openly with mm-hmm. is just really important, or else you're holding it all yeah. and and not knowing that it's common. Yes, in
0: this in these phases, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah. that's just so like, I think that's like the biggest, I'm I'm just like, we need more support for moms in this time of life because I truly believe it is one of the most challenging. Mm-hmm. I think there's like, for some moms, it feels like they're losing their child. Yeah. And so there's like a bit of a grief process. And then there's a getting to know the new child mm-hmm. and it. If you don't have people to like process that with totally. that you're not worried that they're going to judge you it's really hard
0: totally totally it's i I mean I was saying before we hit record that my best friend lives in Maryland and we do a weekly Zoom call right so she's one of those people for me absolutely because while we know each other's kids and our kids have met a couple of times they're not in the same circles they're not at the same stages they're not connected at all
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we're actually we have some friends in common in other areas but um aren't really connected in our circles right and so mm-hmm. it's this very safe space where we can just chat about just about everything uh right. i can't think of anything we haven't talked about, <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's it is that that very comforting support absolutely for both of us I would say as we're going through these things it's but yeah it's it's hard to find that where it's not like you're used to having your village right Mm -hmm. and then the village shifts and then the village becomes more about the mom than about the kid because the kid doesn't need it as much they think Mm -hmm. and so you know it's it's a challenging time so how what do you encourage moms to do I mean obviously they should work with you they should find a a mom coach like you (laughs) Um, but what else do you encourage moms to do
1: well, I think it's, like, so beautiful that you have this friend in Maryland because that is, like, one of the, when I talk to moms who feel really supported during this time, either they have a therapist or they have a coach or they have a long-distance friend yeah. <laughs> it's who's true. not, like, a part of their circle or even maybe a friend who doesn't have kids or doesn't mm. have kids your age so that you're, you know, like, and that doesn't live close by. <laughs> like, that, I think that's important.
0: Totally. Um,
1: Because I've also talked to moms who are, like, Yeah, I shared all this stuff that was going on with this other mom who then told their kid. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, that's a big no, no, that you just don't want to do. No. But then if you're holding so much and you need someone to talk to, sometimes like it happens Mm-hmm. And you don't want it to be with a, with the parent of a kid that, you know, you no, know,
0: exactly. Cause you know, you don't know their home life. You don't know what they share. And then, oh my gosh, then that kid knows stuff about your, yeah, no, it's, you need, you need those outside people. Totally.
1: Yeah. 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 So I definitely like finding support somewhere, you know, there mm-hmm. are like some groups that are for parents of teens. There are, um, the long distance friends there are therapists there are coaches like I just think doing it alone mm. is not what I recommend I would so say that for any
0: stage like, of motherhood yes. right like because yes. I know there have been so many times where it's like moms have Or I have felt like I must be the only one experiencing this, which is one of the reasons I started this podcast, because I wanted people to hear from other moms about stuff they were going through so they'd know they're not alone in this, right? Mm -hmm. Even if they're not specifically talking to us, they hear common stories and they feel it feels familiar and they feel connected, right? Yeah. Because it can feel really isolating, especially the last couple of years we've all come through, right? Mm -hmm. That, yeah, people... It's funny. Like I used to be out all the time. This is a bit of an aside, but I used to be out all the time. I work full time. I travel for work, but I really haven't gone very many places the last couple of years, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I had my first work trip just recently, but I was out last night and my daughter texted me. She's like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually just out with my work colleagues for a thing and I'm getting a cab home. And she was like, why are you getting a cab? (laughs) I was like, because I've had some mulled wine. And she's like, oh, nice. But she never used to care where I was. Mm -hmm. Right. And now it's like, we've entered this sort of new phase because I hadn't been anywhere for a while where she's used to mom being home in the evenings. Mm -hmm. And she was like, but where are you? Like I, you know, I would uh-huh. feel more comfortable if you were home right now. Is the <laughs> subtext right? So it's like, thanks, babe. So instead, yeah. I was demonstrating that you should get a cab if you've had drinks. But anyways, <laughs> yes, you were teaching a very good lesson. Yes, yeah, so it was a teachable moment. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's just interesting how things have shifted in the last few years, right? So so okay. So what what was I going to ask? I had a brilliant question in my head when I got derailed by my mulled wine story. Um. So as moms are momming teens, Mm -hmm. there can be moments where you kind of lose yourself, like, you know, because teens are teens and hormones are raging and tempers are flaring and all those things. How do you help moms sort of recognize those moments and take breaths and just kind of like, you know, put perspective like what? How do you sort of help moms through those most challenging times?
1: Yes, yes, I do. So <laughs> um I it's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were like, "Yeah, it's kind of like whack a mole parenting yeah. teams." <laughs> totally. So especially Just if like, you have two and they're <gasps> at
0: different stages, <laughs> like now, what have we got? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So um my, I I think it's really important to have. Tools that you use in the moment Mm -hmm. and also have some practices that you do all the time, like not all day, every day, but once a day or as often as possible to help you um, get to know your nervous system Mm. and expand your window of tolerance, which is like that area that you're able to kind of fluctuate between before you lose your mind when your teenagers is losing their mind. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and that, like, that is one of, I think the most important aspects of parenting mm-hmm. is really being in touch with yourself so that you can say in a moment where you're already like had a hard day at work, haven't eaten anything, and you're already like at that edge, mm-hmm. that rather than just flying over, you can say like, hey, I I see that we are having a thing right here and I want to support you, but like, I can't right now.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Which I think, I mean, if you're saying those exact words to some degree, you're demonstrating that Mm -hmm. you need to take a minute so that you can be present and Mm -hmm. fully there. Right. Like as opposed to making it worse and they might not hear it, I would think Mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but it'll ultimately, yeah, that would totally help the situation. Just diffuse it for a minute. Right.
1: Yeah. Because like, you know, there's obviously like, but when, when you're in conflict or something big is happening to take a deep breath, like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And if the only time you're taking a deep breath is in those moments, <laughs> it's, it's going to not... feel like
0: crisis. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. And so it's really like, um, widening that, like, window where you can Mm -hmm. where you can flow with your teenager in their big feelings that's one of the things that I think is just so important is being able to be with your teen in their big feelings in their big emotions and hold that space for them and in order to do that you have to be very regulated yourself Um, because something that moms sometimes say to me is like well how do I know if the thing that there that is such a big deal to them is really a big deal or if you know maybe it's like getting a little blown out of proportion Mm -hmm. and I like to just share that like it is a big deal it's a big deal to them in that moment Mm -hmm. and so especially if
0: they're telling you about it because I think there's so much that teens don't share yeah right so if they're actually telling you about it it's probably pretty big
1: yeah and so just be there with them in it and and then like if if you're like wow (laughs) that seemed after the fact like it got really big and it didn't need to then maybe like tomorrow have a conversation about maybe why that that felt like such a big deal or Mm -hmm. you know like a little bit more but in that moment just really like be there and hold them because they want to just know that you're a safe space
0: totally totally I really like that holding space for them so but then You do need to hold space for yourself, like you're saying, to bring that window. So what are some of the best ways moms can do? I mean, obviously nutrition, sleep, drinking water, like all those foundational things. But Mm -hmm. are there some things that you specifically sort of encourage moms to take, like to add to their their daily habits?
1: Yeah. So I think that like breath work, just Mm -hmm. being really like having a few times throughout the day where you're taking slow intentional breaths where maybe it's like box breathing where you breathe in for 4 hold for 4 out for 4 hold mm-hmm. for 4 a few times of that which really just like that's a great thing to do before a speech or something you're nervous about mm-hmm. too it's just really calming um and then i really advocate like some sort of journaling because what i find with moms especially of teen girls is that there are a lot of things that are very triggering for moms and a lot of it comes from our past. So like 100%. when we were a teenager, or when we were a little girl, mm-hmm. but if you don't like spend time reflecting on why something is really bothering you, or you're just really struggling with something, you just continue to like react to it. Mm-hmm. And you, and oftentimes you don't take the time to like, be like, well, why is this thing so hard for me? And then like right. following it back and identifying Why? Mm-hmm. And so I just think like, and you mentioned earlier that there is a little bit more time when your kids are teens. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when they're little, they take all of your time and yeah, they, they take a lot of your mental time. But if you can use some of that time to like start to really get to know yourself mm-hmm. and why you may react to certain things in certain ways, how you'd like to react differently or respond
0: Mm -hmm. That can
1: be a very good use of that little bit of extra time that you might have.
0: I like that. It's funny. I was just listening to a podcast episode earlier today on Jenna Kutcher's podcast, the gold digger Mm -hmm. podcast. And it's about her new journal that she's just released. Mm -hmm. And, um, I totally resonated with the fact because she was talking about how she always used to know she should journal, but could just never, she'd buy all these beautiful journals and would just never adopt the practice. And I am, I'm right there. Like I have a lot of journals and a lot of planners and a lot of, you know, and I have sort of a planner system that I now use and it's fairly consistent, but she has the new book she's just put out before the journal is called, How Are You Really? And so the journal is the, how are you, I think it's how are you really journal or how are you really, how are you doing really journal or something like that. Mm -hmm. I should really get that right and then put it in the show notes. But anyways, um, and she has you sort of on a scale of one to 10, check in with yourself. How are you doing today? And then there are like three questions that you ask. So it's, it's a journal, but you're not sitting there scribing for half an hour. Right. Like it's just, it's very quick check ins that you can Mm -hmm. then like weekly or monthly go back and just look at how you were doing through the month. Notice if there's any trends to how you were feeling on certain weeks of the month or anything. Mm -hmm. So journaling doesn't have to be a big deal. It -hmm. could be one of those like one sentence a day journals. It Mm -hmm. could, you know, it could be whatever makes sense for you. It could be a gratitude journal. It could be a, you know, today I feel. And Mm -hmm. then you just answer the the question and it's done. So I am trying to
1: get into journaling a
0: little bit better other than my planning. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I like that. I like that because I think it would help yeah. you sort of have a place to just capture, you know?
1: Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned that. I haven't listened to that podcast, but the way that I got into consistent journaling was when I was in my life coach training, we yeah. had, we did a rating scale and we, and then I started creating rating scales for like different areas of my life. Yes. So I would have like my work rating scale and then I'd have my body rating scale. Cause I have this health thing. And then I had like a family rating scale and that was it. And so like that was, that enabled me to journal. Like I would just give myself a number and then I'd be like, oh, well this is what, you know, I'd start writing about why I was where I was. Right. And now I'm like, I have kind of moved away from the rating scale, but it's just very, and like another thing that I think is important with journaling is I'm not super artistic. So I think there was a lot of time, or poetic, so there was a lot of time where I was like, oh, like it doesn't look the way I want it to, or maybe <laughs> right, sound yeah. like I want it to. But then when I realized it was just for myself. Yeah. And it could be chicken scratch. Totally. And it could be nonsense totally like that really shifted for me. And somehow the rating scale was just like, what got me consistent?
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's so funny that you say that you had different areas because as she's describing this in the podcast and I full transparency, I haven't finished the episode yet, but, and I, I want to go on and look at more and like, maybe of course, order her journal because I order (laughs) everything Jenna Kutcher does. But anyways, um, but as she was saying it, I was like, oh, I really want rating scales for, like, health and Mm -hmm. mind Mm -hmm. and, like, heart. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I wanted, like, not just one area. Like, that's cool. How am (laughs) I doing overall? But, like, I actually – maybe it's because I really – grades and recognition but I really want like to give myself a market of all of those areas and just check in right so because I might I might have like a crappy day at work but feel pretty good health wise or you know Mm -hmm. like you never know so Mm -hmm. that's so interesting that's 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 awesome I love that I love that I was gonna there was something else that as you were talking about it I was it inspired me on something else and now it's gone it might come back but yes yeah I like that it doesn't have to be oh I know what it was uh, a girlfriend of mine, she's been on the podcast. Her name is Cindy Ryan, and she does um guided meditations and distance Reiki and a whole bunch of different amazing things. Mm. She's incredible. She also does close-up Reiki, but for of COVID, she's been doing distance Reiki. And I was calling in with her on Zoom weekly. Um, and she was leading these guided meditations and um I can't meditate unless it's guided. It's like scheduled like that because otherwise I just don't do it. And so it was really helpful. But I would always pick up my notebook afterwards and just capture what I saw and what came to me and what thoughts or like what repetitive sentence went through my head or, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, you say, it's chicken scratches. It's, it wouldn't make sense to anybody. It's like blue wave, you know, mm-hmm. like it literally, but it helped me sort of process what had just happened and like what I, you know, experienced during that meditation. So it really can be as simple as that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, that's, it's so funny that you mentioned that because my, like, I don't, ever tell my clients what to do. That's Mm -hmm. not the school of coaching that I come from. But, and I think that some form of meditation or mindfulness or something is another very helpful Mm -hmm. thing, but not everybody is open to it. Um, right. And so like I start my mornings with usually a guided meditation. Sometimes it's on my own. And then right after that journaling, because I feel like that is such a, a, like when you build something into your morning, you do the same, like, it's before mm-hmm. my kids are awake, it's before anything has happened that could distract me from it, so totally. it's a great time if you're going to put some, and it can be really short, but it's mm-hmm. just, like, this short amount of time that's for you that you know you do every day and that you do somewhat consistently in the same thing, Yeah. and at first when I did it, I was, like, a little OCD about it, like, I had, to like, it was, like, very, you know, but now I'm to the point where it's, it is part of my routine, so mm-hmm. if I miss some days, it's, like, okay, Right. Um but I do think that like as moms we have so many things going on and when my kids were little I did not wake up before them until like the first day of kindergarten because yeah. I, <laughs> I am not a morning person and the the day before the week before kindergarten started I was like <laughs> oh I got to figure this out. <laughs> um, so like my morning routine is a very new thing for mm-hmm. me in the last mm-hmm. few years but it really has been extremely helpful in making the rest of my day a little bit better and be able to handle the things that come toward me with a little bit more ease and calmness.
0: Totally. Totally. One of the things, um, that I, when I'm intentional about it, I -hmm. ask myself in the morning is how do I want to feel today?
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and that just, if I'm in a moment of stress, if I've answered that question earlier in the day, it'll almost always come back to me. It might be a little late. <laughs> it might <laughs> arrive a little later than I'd like, but it comes back. And I'm like, wait, I said I wanted to feel at peace today. Or I said I wanted to feel joyful today. And I'll realize like this isn't serving that. And so mm. it'll kind of check me because I've already established it at the beginning of the day.
1: I love so, that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I was actually just on a call with uh, one of my mom clients who's really like, having a lot going on right now. And this is like what we talked about for a lot of it. And that's what I think is so important is that it doesn't have to be huge. And yeah. it's it's never about adding more to your plate. It's no, always about yeah. like finding those little moments, having a simple question. Like I said to her, maybe every time you get in the car, you just take one intentional breath, mm-hmm. you know, so that there are these moments in your day where you're like, hand on chest, hand on belly, like one breath. Like I'm okay. How am I doing? Whatever it is that you need rather than like take a weekend to go. It's like, no, that's not where we're at right now. Like we just need little moments.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. I I think it's from um, BJ Fogg's tiny habits. I think that he had this thing that every time his feet hit the floor in the morning, he would say, today's going to be a great day. And then I think this came from him in the same section of the book that if there was a lot going on, he would add somehow to the end of that (laughs) sentence so that it was still a positive intention, but recognizing maybe where you were and it still like sort of set that like, I have control and I'm going to have some influence over this. Right. Mm, I love that
1: yeah those like um him and then atomic habits mm-hmm. by james clear are both so valuable cuz i do really think both in my health coaching and my life coaching for teens and moms it's like those little those little shifts that are so important
0: absolutely it's not like you said it's not about adding to the to-do list because we already have enough on the go Mm -hmm. and it's just it's making it simple it's making it easy it's like it's doing something while you're in the shower or like Mm -hmm. while you're brushing your teeth you say a Mm -hmm. thing to yourself every time right so it's just like that's what I liked about the tiny habits he was adding to existing habits yeah right so habit stacking. yeah exactly <laughs> habit stacking yes. thank yes. you it's been a while yeah. since i read it so the the vocabulary is not so top of mind but the uh... i
1: i used a lot so when i worked in the school i did a lot of yeah. like kind of classes and i was like i used a lot of that stuff because it's like stuff you can pick up as a teenager it doesn't matter when mm-hmm. like when you're brushing your teeth do this other thing or right when you're done do the other thing and so yeah it's so valuable
0: totally totally Awesome. I love it. Okay. I have some questions that I ask all of my guests. So yes. how do you define balance for yourself and for your family?
1: Hmm. Such a like, um, it's like the forever seeking questions. Yes. <laughs> yes. And polarizing as well. People it have is. strong reactions to this question. <laughs> strong reactions. So I like to think of, uh, I like to think of it as more of a dance mm. um, because I think there's like fluidity and movement within the, like, sometimes when I think, I mean, I do a lot of yoga. So when I think of balance, you're like in a still balancing pose Right. Where you're very focused and you're looking in the one spot. Um, and I find motherhood to be like much more of a fluid, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's balance in the, the motion but totally. I don't feel like it's like a, a no a point that you reach yeah
0: yeah totally I say it's a it's a verb not a destination uh, right like it's because it is motion you mm-hmm. are constantly sort of balancing as opposed mm-hmm. to balanced right mm-hmm. so yeah yeah. yeah awesome all right so I do believe from what, everything you've said that you make time for self-care because we've talked about meditation we've talked about all those things but what does more self-care look like for you?
1: Um, so I do have like my consistent morning practice, Um, which is the whole thing is I wake yeah. up, I meditate, um, sometimes guided, sometimes not. It's not like, sometimes I'm like, wow, I, I thought about what I was going to make for dinner that whole entire time. <laughs> you know, I'm very gentle with myself. Um, and then I journal no. Then I then I have lemon, salt water, and coffee okay. and nice. journal at the same time. So nice. I drink my water and then I have coffee and journal. Um, And I do that all before my kids wake up. And that kind of sets my day. What I would like to add more of is I would love like something in the afternoon that's consistent mm. where I'm taking those few, doesn't have to be a big deal, but I find really, I find it very challenging to have like something consistent past that morning routine.
0: Totally. Totally. It's, I was thinking about this, um, through when I was listening to Jenna's podcast of like, is there a reminder you can set yourself like just where you ask yourself a question like that? Mm-hmm. How do I mm-hmm. want to feel today? Or how like set it for like two o'clock in the afternoon how are we doing? Like, you know, something like that. So that it just pops up. You take a second to go, okay, yeah, I'm okay. Or yeah. Right. I did want to feel that way this morning. Right. Like it's yeah. something like that might help check in. Cause it is hard. Like I, I work out in the mornings because if I don't do it in the mornings, it is not happening at Mm -hmm. all and so like there's been like one time in my life maybe two that I've actually managed to work out after work it's Mm -hmm. just not likely um but then you do sort of lose momentum and get Mm -hmm. caught up in the whirlwind of family life after that right so yeah yeah, having some sort of way to bring back a regular afternoon practice is is I think that's a great idea
1: yeah I also I would add like some form of exercise, whatever that is Mm -hmm. for, for you. And then like outside connecting to nature is also something that I think is valuable. And sometimes I don't like get enough of.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And also I think it depends on where you live Mm -hmm. and like what's around you, Mm -hmm. you know, but if there is a way, even if it's just getting out on a a back step, you know, Mm -hmm. or like, um, Mm -hmm. even just, If you live in an apartment building, just like getting out and walking around the block even, right? Like it's somehow, yeah.
1: For sure. And it's so interesting. And like from my functional health coach training, it can really be like sitting, it can even be like sitting by an open window with a house in it. Like it doesn't have to be, it just has to be like, I think there's something about nature versus like Mm -hmm. the very structured computerized
0: concrete like world
1: great walls, <laughs> you know like roofs over our head that we live yeah. in that like, well the
0: smells like- in nature like the dirt the like rainfall like all of those smells like they just sort of re-energize you you know yeah
1: yeah, yeah I mean yeah. I love that this podcast is is like called around the campfire like yeah. that's so cool <laughs> because when I go camping And I'm like out in nature Mm. with no cell phone. It's just so amazingly freeing. Mm -hmm. And I think one of my favorite yoga teachers talks about like getting up on like a mountain or just being somewhere where there's no, like there's no overhead, Mm. you know, maybe there's some trees, but like where the vista is just like you're where you can see is really far away and just like how that really changes perspective.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. I love it. And I need to do more of it as well. Right. Like it's hard to find time sometimes, but it's anytime you can totally. Yeah. All right. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom?
1: Oh, um, I think I am. Hmm. This is a good one. (laughs) Uh, the early years of motherhood came really easily to me. Mm. Um, I was not—I don't even think I read a parenting book until like I the work, the, until I started working and really like wanting to be able to support the moms that I was working with. Um, and I know that like the teen years is is where my challenge lies, and I think mm. that's also probably why I do the work that I do. So that I can have a more graceful <laughs> dance through that—that yes. that part of motherhood with my daughters than I did with my stepson. Um, but I would say, like, after being a stepmom and now being a biological mom, like, I didn't meet my stepson until he was ten.
0: Okay.
1: Um, is just that like deep love, connection, and pain that you feel as a as a parent to your mm-hmm. child when they're experiencing things and how that's one of the reasons why parenting teens is so hard that they they are going to experience pain and you Mm -hmm. don't have as much control quote unquote um or ability to protect them yeah and so like learning how to be with that in that new way is like
0: that's something I'm
1: starting yeah
0: yeah That's huge. Yeah. I'm yeah. So it's, I like, I even just, my son came in the other day and he was upset about something and I was like, yeah, it's hard, dude. Like I get it. It's hard. And just like, like we had a little snuggle, he's 15, but we had a little snuggle and you know, like it was just being there and Mm -hmm. there wasn't actually anything I could do to fix it. Right. So yeah, just, I love that. What you said earlier about holding space for them in their big feelings. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah.
1: And I love, like, that is, like, that's what you want from the teen years mm-hmm. in parenting through the teen years is to be the person that they come to and not to feel like you have to have the answer or fix the problem. Cause usually they don't want that. Yeah. They want you to just be there with them in their hard thing.
0: Totally. So
1: that's so, that's so special. And that makes, like, that makes my heart happy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was hard, but it was sweet. Like, and I yeah. said to him at one point, cause he's like, well, cause he's upset that I do more things with my daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, um, and I said, you know, sometimes the big things are these moments, like where we can just sit here and chat as opposed to like having to go out and do a special activity, you know, mm-hmm. it's these moments that are super important. So I yeah. hope that landed. I hope that landed yeah. for him. Yeah. Okay. How can
1: our listeners connect with you? find out yeah. more about you, hire you, like whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm on in- Instagram at Elise Knox connection coach. And then, um, I, my website is eliseknox.com I do have like a seven days of connection that I give for free, which is at slash nice. connection. Um, which is just seven emails of like different ways to, and like you just mentioned, one of them is literally just like. Si- sitting and watching a movie or a show like it doesn't have to be some big thing it doesn't have to be a big conversation it Mm -hmm. just has to be like those moments of of connection
0: right almost like gateway moments (laughs) right because sometimes the teen is gonna be like no Great, right? uh-uh. so you know, gateway. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, I will put all of those in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here and for what you're doing for moms and teens, but especially for the moms because I think yeah. it's it's a hard season, and I think even for our moms that are listening that have younger kids and are not there yet uh, and won't be for a little while, I think it's really important. That's actually great that they're hearing it now, right? Yes. Because they can establish that greater window of, Mm. you know, resilience and time and, and strength. So I think that's awesome. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. It's been awesome.
1: All right, mamas, that's
0: it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.